You are listening to The Wide World of Woo. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Tyler. We have Andy with us. We will be exploring the heights and depths of the Wu-Tang Empire. How you doing, Andy? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Chilling. Excited to get this podcast off the ground. It's been in the works for a while. Uh, we've got an Instagram page that's going. We'll get some info on that a little bit later, but uh, we're just going to introduce the show a little bit today. Um, we're going to be taking deep dives in all directions with the Wu-Tang Clan, but first we're going to just get to know each other a little bit, talk about how we came to be exposed to the Wu-Tang Clan, what drew us to them. So Andy, um, tell me what, what was the first time you either heard the name Wu-Tang Clan or saw the, saw the name printed or uh, heard them? What do you remember? Okay. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, I have an older brother who's my only fully blood related sibling um, out of many siblings. <laughs> and uh, he is uh, seven years older than me. So the first time I ever really heard of and saw Wu Tang Clan, he had the shirt. I remember that had a picture like with all these squares, kind of like Brady Bunch style. Mm-hmm. with all the members, and it said Wu-Tang Clan and then I remember around that time um, I saw the video for uh, Triumph at some point around that time and that was kind of like the first time I'd really actually heard them and the first introduction I had was that shirt. So was this like Wu-Tang Forever era like in the moment or was it like years later you came across the video? Oh, no, that was like around that time. I was pretty little. I had to have been probably like eight, somewhere around there. Okay. All right. And uh, it just, did it click with you right away? Or like, what what was your initial reaction? Well, um, yeah, totally. Around that point in time, I remember, um, or at least like, I mean, there's obviously I was very young. So some of those like years kind of lumped together and I don't know <laughs> exactly when they were, but, uh, I would say around that point in my life, I was kind of already like enjoying, like hearing like, uh, Biggie, like ready to die. You know, I'd heard some music from that album from my brother's room. And, like the first, uh, hip hop song I really remember liking was, uh, Wuha by Buster Rhymes. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I, I remember when I heard Wu-Tang Clan, I guess my point is, is that like, I just already had this love for gritty hip hop, even though I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I heard that and it was just like, I don't know what this is, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you said you were eight. I was probably about eight somewhere around eight, nine, ten. Man. Like her age. Yeah. Wow. The, uh, the blessing of having an older sibling. I mean, I'm sure there are probably, uh, some, some, uh, cons to that pro, but, uh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely like our relationship got better over the years, but (laughs) (laughs) I will say I definitely, he knows too. I, I used to go in his room and just take his CDs for the day and 
try to put him back in there without him noticing. And... Right on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. I think my first exposure might have been an older brother to like a friend's older brother. I'm an only child. So, you know, I was, this was like a little bit later. I was probably 12 when I saw the ODB first solo CD. And uh, yeah, so I didn't have any context for it though. I didn't have MTV. I, I didn't have hardly any CDs myself. I had like Green Day's Dookie and like some mc hammer tapes um i might have had coolio at one point but i didn't really have a lot and um so this was like really abstract in my mind like i didn't know that odb was in wu-tang i just that was like probably my first exposure to anyone in wu-tang um i think i had probably around that time maybe a little bit later I started getting the uh, Columbia Music House uh, like CD ca- catalogs. Did you ever get those? Oh yeah, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> I would That's just, fun. I would just lustily look through at all these different artists and releases, and uh, I definitely remember seeing Wu Tang Clan, but uh, it was kind of mixed up in my mind with Foo Schnickens, who were like kind of around the same time, like another. Yep another hip hop, uh, you know, like multi-member hip hop act with, uh, I don't know, a vaguely similar name. <laughs> um, yeah. so it wasn't really until I was 16, maybe, yeah, 16. Um, I was home sick one day and watching, this was when I finally did get cable, like later on in high school, uh, watching some, videos and it was like a countdown it was like a hip-hop countdown and um it was gravel pit so this was like probably around 2000 ish 2001 maybe uh so gravel pit was in rotation and it was just so different from everything else on that countdown which was like I don't know, um, big timers and like, uh, cash money millionaires. I'm sure like Nelly was on there. You know what I mean? Like, um, (laughs) and then there was this video of like this group of guys in this, have you ever seen the video for gravel pit? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like Flintstones come to life. And I was just like, what? And it had this weird chorus that I like really couldn't make heads or tails of like, Wu-Tang is the CD that I travel with. Like, what are you talking about? And uh, it was just really interesting to me. And um, so I, but like, I wasn't like fully into it then. Like I thought it was cool. And I like, I'm pretty sure I like Napstered that song or LimeWired it or something. No, it probably would have been Napster at that time. Um, And then I also, for some reason, I Napstered Jizz's fame um from his legends of the liquid sword and i thought that was really cool um so it was just like these two kind of things for a long time and then it wasn't until and this is like kind of embarrassing it wasn't until josh thomas's 21st birthday at the triple rock that 
I, uh, I heard cream in the background, like someone put it on the jukebox and I was like entranced by that sample and just, it was like hypnotic. And I was like, man, I, I need to revisit this. And, um, and so I went, I was back home in my hometown and went to a, like a UCD shop and they didn't have uh, enter the Wu-Tang, but I picked up a copy of the W and uh, I mean, for that reason, since that was my first Wu-Tang CD that holds a special place in my heart, but um, it was like a really long time between the first time I heard uh, you know, gravel pit in 2000, 2001, maybe. And then, you know, finally getting that first CD of mine in 2008. So, uh, but then after that, it just like, it really started clicking for me and I started getting like some of the solo releases. Um, but that's another story. We'll get there. What was it, what was it that, uh, specifically drew you to Wu-Tang like you mentioned the like the grittiness was there anything else that you really were drawn to them from uh I it's hard I don't know I guess I I could I can easily talk about this it's not hard to talk about uh <laughs> but it's just uh kind of a long explanation but uh when I was a kid I guess I was into what I would call like brighter sounding music Okay. Like when I was little, like I really loved the Beatles when I was a little yeah. kid, and I think kids do. Yeah, it's just music for kids. But uh, for sure. but I, I loved Green Day. I loved the Beastie Boys. Like those were like the three first like things that I was really into yeah. on my own, and yeah. it was all bright sounding. And then when I heard like my from my brother, I heard like Wu Tang. I heard you know the Descendants. I heard um Busta Rhymes I heard you know Biggie I heard all kinds of different stuff and at or early atmosphere even and okay. I was like there was something about that era where it just had this like it sounded dusty yeah which people now kind of say it you know like dusty sounding beats and stuff but it's like it really did and like I guess that's what kind of drew me to it is because I'd never quite heard anything like that before where it was like this dude's just like or these guys or whatever are just you know talking really passionately over this really dirty sounding like music you mm-hmm. know and it's really simple it kind of sets up a whole atmosphere right and as a kid I would always kind of like sit back and just kind of like daydream while listening and yeah yeah back then I guess that's what kind of drew me in was just like I didn't really know what they were talking about but it was like somehow you know maybe because it was rhythmic it like kind of felt good and then also kind of made me want to like learn what they were talking about mm-hmm. you know and, and uh just the music itself is enough to really drag me in I mean it's especially yeah some of that earlier stuff is so classic yeah yeah so ingrained that- in us right that uh that atmospheric piece that you were talking about that's a big part for me of like um I don't maybe I would call it like cohesiveness of their albums where like you know some hip-hop albums are so all over the place with sounds when you especially when you have like a bunch of different producers but like Mm -hmm. especially the first couple Wu-Tang records they're like 
you know, from start to finish, there's that like aesthetic or something like a layer that like coats the entire album. And um, I think that's part of, you know, part of what made those first Wu-Tang and first Wu-Tang solo records like so iconic was being able to follow that from like start to finish. For sure, man. I mean, in a sense, it kind of almost made them like more of a band. Right, right. Yeah, right. It's like really heard that in like really early hip hop. And then once it got to like, aside from like Gangstar and stuff like that, like once it got later, it's like you just said, like you got five million producers and, you know, (laughs) your album just sounds crazy and all over the place. Right. Yeah. 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 And that band aspect, I think, was was pretty, pretty big in drawing me in was the fact that you could have this pretty diverse collection of characters. Uh, well, I mean, rappers who like took on personas and then eventually took on other like additional personas, like with their um, Wu Gambino personas. But the fact that it's almost like I want to say it's like um, a little bit like Kiss, but not quite as silly. Like yeah. they're they're kind of like <laughs> larger than life dudes, right? And yeah. um, and then you so they come together and they can make these incredible songs and records, but then they can also branch out. Like all of the the dudes in Kiss had their own solo records and like their own things that they were good at. And that's kind of the same way with Wu-Tang. I mean, I think that that metaphor um, of the uh, forming like Voltron is like a good way to put it, you know, like all these disparate pieces can come together, but then they can like have their own strengths. And I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it is It kind of, throughout the years of being a fan and just like especially after the doc documentary came out and the show came out i was like thinking about it more and i'm like, man i could it's hard enough and you know this to get like four or five people together to do something (laughs) (laughs) right i can't imagine trying to get nine people who especially (laughs) are very individual personalities and you know everything right but obviously there's a there's a huge love there and respect there between all the members which is pretty amazing too so right yeah absolutely and and it's endured is what's pretty incredible is like you know you have guys like method man who is a huge huge hip-hop star you know and he, he will still like jump as a guest spot onto like one of the woo affiliates who's you know relatively unknown and that's just yeah. like that's so cool and you know the fact that these guys have such different strengths and different styles and it all comes together in such a cohesive way is so cool and along with the with the different styles is like you pretty much know that there's little if no ghostwriting going on with these rappers like their styles are such their own like who else could write rhymes or tell stories like that um yeah i don't know it's just you know not not to take anything away from rappers who do have ghostwriters but it's just kind of nice to know like it's the authentic voice yeah no it is it's like true 
true hip hop, not just, you know, the commercial commercialization of it. It's, it's at its essence. It is what like hip hop is, especially to that generation and that era of people because of the, the Kung Fu and right. all stuff. It's just so like, I feel like it translated really well to us as children in the 90s though too. <laughs> thousands because we had games like Mortal Kombat and like you know Street Fighter and stuff so I think we all just kind of and you know we especially now like a lot of kids love like anime and stuff but it's like yeah no I just I'm growing up on the Kung Fu flicks I don't know I feel like it really translated to that generation really well because of stuff like that (laughs) dude Uh, that's so funny you mentioned that I was I was thinking about that too and I, I was thinking the exact same thing I was like why what was it that that made this idea so successful of like you know rappers mixed with kung fu you know it's it's kind of a it's it's you know you wouldn't immediately think that that would work that well but you know i think there are some parallels there like martial arts and hip hop probably go together more so than other genres of music um, for sure <laughs> <laughs> you know in, in terms of like you know the philosophy the occasional violence the just different schools um and uh yeah what you were saying about like mortal combat and i was even thinking like um maybe even like ninja turtles were like had probably if you were like very 10, true if you were 10 years old when ninja turtles were at their height you were like probably a music listening age when Wu-Tang was going. So, you know, they, they certainly capture that energy of martial arts and uh, had a, an audience who was into it. So um, any other hypotheses on why they were successful given the kind of interesting, uh, maybe not so mainstream uh, type of um, aesthetic uh, you know it's hard to say because they truly like I have a friend who keeps saying the term capturing lightning in a bottle and uh, <laughs> yeah. and I think they just did that like they just had they I, RZA just really had this I like this is going to work he had this drive he had this idea he was you know really just pushing to make it work and he put all the I mean he used the whole chess strategy and put all the right pieces in the right place and it really <laughs> just did what it was supposed to do it's hard to say because it's almost yeah. kind of a phenomenon in a way to get like nine people together and make a successful group with successful hit you know like maybe not chart topping songs but you know right. classic that everybody you know somebody you're bound to go into a room and somebody knows who Wu-Tang Clan is, you know, and right. guaranteed they maybe know a song or two, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that, uh, that piece about RZA, like putting it together and um, knowing, having this vision and like, I'm sure he encountered some resistance to it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've heard interviews with some of the other 
people being like, oh, I don't really know. Like, um, that's a little out there, you know, Staten Island and Shaolin and, uh, you know, you've got the aspects of like the five percenters and the nation of gods and earth. And like, you know, it's, it's, uh, a lot of it's not mainstream stuff, but they were so successful. I think, of course, we haven't even mentioned like how talented the rappers are. I mean, like, you know, one through eight or one through nine or however many people you want to include. Um, he really had the, the, I don't even want to say the ear to like know what would be good, but I guess he did because um, have you heard the, or come across the story of like Mastakilla and Killa Priest competing uh, for a verse and I think Killa Priest falling asleep and then Mastakilla decided to go for it. <laughs> so, so that was, that was actually Mastakilla's first verse that he ever wrote, which is I've incredible. Yeah. And um, so like having the, I don't know, the insight to recognize the potential in that is just next level. Um, and, and knowing like what kind of personalities would work. So I don't know. It's just like lightning in a bottle, I suppose is the best way to put it. Um, just capturing that. Yeah. It's just uh, like he was right place, right time. Yeah. He knew all the right people and decided to start this like movement. And it's crazy because it's still going. Like people are still into it. It's still relevant. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Definitely not. I never thought when I was listening to Wu Tang Clan as a kid that, I mean, I knew I would probably always enjoy it, but I didn't uh -huh. quite understand back then like what it would become. <laughs> right right yeah no that's that's a good point it's i'm even though i get it like i'm still continually impressed um who who have been have you had like a favorite member throughout or like has it switched at all or who do you gravitate to uh well i think my most like consistent favorite member is always probably inspector deck He's just always like, I know it's kind of a corny answer because, you know, a lot of people would agree with me on this. And, but I think that he's just always consistent. He's always, his style is very, um, everyone kind of has their own style. Mm -hmm. And like, whereas like, I love Jizza because like Liquid Swords and, yeah. you know, just, yeah, he's amazing and mess awesome because he's just got such a great personality yeah, and he's done great solo stuff, but yeah, Inspector Jack just always has like, you know, his his verses just hit. They yeah. hit really hard, and yeah. by the end of it, you're like, holy crap! And then there's more <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I cannot cannot disagree with that at all. And I typically, when someone asks me who's the best rapper in Wu Tang Clan. I would gravitate towards saying inspect a deck or Jizza. Um, yeah. But then like, you know, sometimes I'll be thinking about it a little bit different. I'll be like, Oh man, like Ghostface has got to be up there. Raekwon has got to be up there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really like master Killa's style is like, I don't know too many rappers who, who have that kind of um, like lyrical uh, agility and the ability to kind of like move rhymes around in different parts of the, of the line. 
Um, you know, you God, I, I read his book. I, I like a lot of his solo stuff. Uh, of course, you know, like we said, Riza, like he is an incredible producer. I also like a lot of his raps, like especially in like some of the bigger posse cuts. Sometimes I think Riza has the best uh, verses. Uh, so, man, it's that's a it's really hard for me. I go back and forth a lot. Um, Same here. <laughs> is there a, is there, what are the releases that you've like spent the most time with or gravitate towards? Uh, well, I definitely have obviously spent a lot of time with 36 chambers. Yeah. Um, I would say liquid swords, 36 yeah. chambers, uh, to Cal. Okay. Uh, um, uh, uh, trying to think. I kind of, I don't know. I've kind of bounced back and forth with all of them, but those were the three that I'd say I've probably spent like, like I always put on. Yeah. And uh, ODB's first solo album. Okay. That yeah. was like just classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, gotta man. put that one. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's really hard to top the like first five years of Wu Tang. So I'm I'm definitely with you on like 36 Chambers and uh, Liquid Swords. Um, also did my fair share of listening to Cuban Links and uh, the W as I mentioned is uh, a pretty big one for me. Um, I felt like that one was maybe we'll we'll talk about this another time, but. Uh, the W I'm, I'm like continuously impressed by the W I think it's underrated as, as a group effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love that. Album. <laughs> I know that it's not a lot of people's favorites, but I did spend a little bit of time with that album. Cause that's one I hadn't listened to as much. Yeah. And, and I was, yeah, I was always, I, by the end of the time that I'd spent with it, I was like, wow, that is a great record. And I think it gets overlooked because their first album was so huge. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's like, it was kind of, um, it was maybe getting away from the RZA grittiness just a little bit, you know, um, it's, it still has elements of that, but then it's starting to move into like a little bit more maybe cinematic at points um some stuff yeah. that's a little pop more pop oriented i don't know but it's like it's an expansion um but at the same time it it's still to me classically wu-tang um anyways we'll we'll get into that another time um i didn't want this first episode to be too too long I did want to say just as like a caveat for anyone listening, we are fans, not experts or historians necessarily. Um, we don't know everything about Wu-Tang. We will do our best to be accurate and fact check each other and um, correct any errors. So feel free to reach out to us with any corrections that you might have or anything that we skip over that you think should be noted. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, we are active on Instagram. That is wide world of woo, all one word. 
daily Wu-Tang content. So follow us on Instagram. We have a Patreon account set up, patreon.com, Wide World of Wu. If you want to get in on the ground floor, feel free to do that. That would be great. Much love to uh, our future supporters. Um, so that's about it for the first episode. Anything you wanted to add, Andy, as we're kind of wrapping up and looking forward to diving in more to the wide world of Wu? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me to do this. Um, it is so far a lot of fun. And I think this whole experience is going to be fun just to kind of dive back into Wu-Tang Clan, even though you know, doesn't take much, <laughs> right? Um, but it'll be a fun experience to research and learn and listen again. So I'm excited. Right on, dude. So we will be back next episode. Uh, stay tuned for what it is. I think I know what it will be. We're going to be diving into Wu-Tang albums one by one, uh, but we will be back soon. So uh, subscribe and stay tuned. All right. Peace.